Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. got it old school like me, and we're going to do our Bible declaration like we do every Sunday, right? Out of our heart, out of our mouth, confident. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's Word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we've been on a series that we're calling Born to Lead. And my subtitle for that series on this campus is Going from a Follower of Jesus to a Leader of for Jesus. Why? Because every follower of Jesus is meant to become a leader for Jesus. Now, contrary to popular belief, a leader for Jesus doesn't start with a title or a position, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're on a platform preaching a message or you're in full-time ministry. A leader for Jesus is simply you and I learning to leverage our life and use our life's influence for the kingdom of God and for Jesus Christ and his church. Amen. So if there's ever been any time where you felt uneasy about this subject the last two or three weeks, just peel that off. Peel that off because God doesn't want us to be uneasy about that. Everybody who's following Jesus can be a leader for Jesus in the world and in the life that you live as an influence for him. Why should I want to be a leader for Jesus? Well, I've mentioned this. There's some really, really good reasons. I just mentioned again a couple of them. It's a great way to fulfill the greatest commandment, which is to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as our self, right? Another reason to be a leader for Jesus is we experience great fulfillment in life as we're serving and leading for Jesus. Unlike any other type of fulfillment. You can be the most successful person in the world, make the most amount of money in the world, and still have your marriage fall apart. By the way, that's happening right now in the news. I won't mention any names. But one of the richest couples in the whole world, globe, their marriage has fallen apart and they're getting a divorce. You would think somebody like that's fulfilled. Well, something's missing. When you have Jesus and you're serving and leading him, nothing's missing, friend. Another reason we want to serve and lead for Jesus is there's eternal rewards connected to that. Amen? We're human, so we have a tendency to just live for now, natural earth. But the Bible says every human being is going to live for eternity. Where? Depends on whether or not you're walking with Jesus and what you experience in eternity Depends on whether or not you're leading and serving Jesus. So those are some great reasons. Um, week one, week two, week three. Gee, this is week four of the series. I hope that you've been encouraged. And as your pastor, I hope that I've been able to convey some things in a loving, gracious way, yet still giving room for the Holy Spirit 
to stir you and convict you and draw you in a little closer in this particular subject. Uh, you can go back to our podcast on our website or my Facebook page. I put like a 25, 30 minute condensed version on there. So if you missed any of these messages, I want to encourage you, get them. I think they are really, really helpful for the body of Christ in regards to leading and serving for Jesus. Today, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. I want us to look at that to start off, and then uh, we're going to get into today's message. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, just one verse. This is what it says out of the New King James. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The manifold grace of God is the many varied grace of God or all of the different varieties of grace of God that he's put on your life. Notice, as each one. Somebody say, each one. Now say this, I'm an each one. Right? We're all in each one. You've received a gift that's from the Spirit of God. Minister it, offer it, serve with it to one another. I think one of the things that I want to focus on this verse real quick too is it says as good stewards. The word steward is a manager. It's someone who's been entrusted with something to manage, to care for it. We talked about good and faithful leaders last Sunday, so if you missed that, get it. So all of us have been given a gift, and the scripture encourages us to serve one another with the gift, right? I'm not making it up. It's in the Bible, and we're supposed to manage that gift that he's given us well as good servant leaders for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen? So the title of today's talk is Leading with a Dependence on God. Would you say it with me, family? Leading with a dependence on God. So here is the tension. How do I, how do we invest our lives into building God's family, into building the church that Jesus said, I came to build? How do we invest our lives into that and at the same time, be successful and fulfilled and fulfill our destiny and our purpose in our personal lives and in our families. That's the tension that all of us wrestle with. Because on one side, in the scripture, God's saying, listen, what you have is a gift from me. I want you to invest it into my kingdom. I want you to build the church with Jesus. I want you to give of your time, your talent, your treasure back to me for what I've done in you so that we can bring other people in the family. One day Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for his family and he wants to take as many people as he possibly can with him. And so we get to be part of that with him. But there's a tension, right? I want to build my life. I want to build my family. I want to build my career. I want to do my thing. And then over here God's saying, yeah, but I want you to bring some of that back into my family and my thing. See, one of the temptations that you and I have as we're becoming servant leaders for God is we, we take on the pressure sometimes to make life happen. Make ministry happen. 
rather than depending on God to make life happen for us and depending on God to make ministry happen for us. That's a challenge for me. Jesus said, I will build my church. Sometimes I think I'm the pastor. I got to build his church. No, I got to get in his draft. How many NASCAR fans? Anybody who's a NASCAR fan? Anybody know where the draft is, right? I got to get in his draft and I got to follow him and allow him to build through me. See, we live in a culture that teaches us and ingrains in our thinking a self-reliance or reliance on things or stuff or other people rather than depending on God. But the Bible teaches us as God's children that our dependence needs to increase on God and decrease on people around us and on stuff. Amen? Look at Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8. It'll be on the screen. This is what the Lord says. So let me pause. Pop quiz, easy answer. Who's speaking here? This is what the Lord says. Whose whose words are these going to be? Okay. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Or turn their hearts away from relying on the Lord. Verse 6. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Verse 7, here's a contrast. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Look at verse 8. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Notice the contrast between a person who trusts in human beings, whether it's someone else or myself, and a person who's learning to be dependent upon God. It's a big difference. Look at verse 7. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Blessed. The word blessed doesn't mean you have a lot of stuff. The word blessed means you're full of God and his life is living through you and you're satisfied with God in you and he gives you the capacity as a human being, as a son, as a daughter of God to live a rich, full, satisfied, fulfilling life on earth. God gives us the capacity for that. And then he says, when we trust in him and we make him our hope. This word hope is not like I'm standing at the bus stop and I'm hoping the bus comes by today. I'm not really sure. Different kind of hope. This word hope means refuge, security, and assurance. There's this hope and this confidence that comes when we depend on God. Here's one big truth for today. I didn't give you any sermon guides for today. But if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's a big truth. If... I will give myself to leading for Jesus. I can depend on God to take care of me. 
if I can give myself to leading for Jesus, I can depend on God. I can depend on God to take care of me. Now listen, today's going to be a little bit different. I thought, since we're talking about the fact that we've been born to lead and serve God, I've invited a couple of friends today. I want to start with inviting Barbara Collins to the platform. Would you give her a warm welcome as she comes to the platform? I want to talk a little bit with Barbara, and I want to hear a little bit from her heart about how she has learned to serve and lead with Jesus. Let me help you, Barbara. Come on. Yeah. Come and have a seat in my house right here. There's a bottle of water if you want one. We got the mic up. When you're ready to use this, just hold this real close to your mouth. Just sit back and relax. You're with family. Now, some of you may not know Barbara real well, but I do. And Barbara is a wonderful woman of God. She loves God with all of her heart. She's given her whole life to serve the Lord. And I just wanted to have some discussion with her, ask her a couple of questions, and glean from her heart and hear a couple of things from her perspective. Now, I want to start by just asking a simple question. I promise you know this answer. So simple. How many years have you been serving the Lord? Use your microphone, Barbara. Just hold up your microphone right there. I was saved at 11 years old, 62 years She's been serving the Lord for 62 years. A lifetime of serving the Lord. Amen? Now, Barbara will be the first to admit she's not a saint. Right? She, By no means. She, she told me that already. And none of us are perfect. But this is a woman who has given her whole life to serving the Lord. Let me just ask this simple question. Tell us the family, what are some of the ways that you have served the Lord over the years? Adult Sunday school teacher. Hold that microphone right up there, Barbara. Adult Sunday school teacher, girls auxiliary, a training union assistant teacher. I was a director for Children's Church. My biggest job was the fellowship director for 10 years, and uh, I also helped do the ch church maintenance. Yeah. And, That's and, just some of them. Yeah, and the fellowship director... All that cooking and gathering food and feeding people, that's something that you're passionate about. I love it. I was in, I was in charge of the whole ball game. Of course, I had a, a wonderful team of people to help me. Yeah. But I, did, I was a fellowship director, and con, I did the bulletin boards and whatever needed to be done in the church. Yeah. A life of investing into the family of God and building the church with Jesus. Still today, many of you may not know. But whenever she gets an opportunity, and when we have things going on here, she, the, last, the last gathering we had, she brought chicken, and she brought slaw, and she brought rolls, and she brought green beans. She just, I didn't ask her to. She always does that kind of stuff. Where does that come from? That just comes from a heart to serve the Lord right? We don't have to pull it out of her. We don't have to ask her. She, she brings bags of blessings. Maybe you can pass these out at your food give. She brings things for the kids. She just has a heart that wants to genuinely serve God and serve God's people. Now, listen, I think that all of us, myself included, at times, we could feel the pressure to make life happen. Kids, grandkids, business, career, family, education, 
retirement life. You know life, right? We, we can feel the pressure at times to make life happen. Barbara, I want to ask you, what has helped you depend on God to build your life and your family while you've still worked to build God's life and God's family and God's church? Prayer and faith. Prayer, Prayer and faith. Every time you do something, you pray. No yeah. matter how minor, I prayed. No, I, I, I always believed that God would carry me through. God will carry you through. So you're praying and putting faith in God. You've raised three beautiful daughters. Right. Right? Hasn't always been easy. They were God's. They. Right? Right? Hasn't always been easy for you. Right. Right? But God's been faithful. Right. To take care of you and to take care of your girls. Right. I want to I interject another verse for us to look at as a family. It's in Psalms. If you have a Bible, you can go to Psalms 127. It'll be on the screen. But if you have a Bible, if you have a pen, you might want to mark this one. Because I think it speaks to all of us. It's very relevant. And I know that each of you have a household. You have a life. You have a family. You have things that are important. And God knows they're important to you. And they're important to him. Catch this verse in Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to read it. And then we'll go back to talking to Barbara. Listen to what it says. Unless the Lord builds a house... The work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries or armed guards will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Now, there's a lot in there. But if you notice verse 1, unless the Lord builds a house, pause that's your house and his house unless we're learning to depend on him to build through us everything we're doing can be kind of worthless and in vain and empty certainly not at our best right and then it says it's useless for us to work so hard Go about our career, go about our daily life, go about our family, go about raising our kids and our grandkids and doing and working and doing and working so we have the necessities for life, this life here on the earth, and be all anxious about it. This is worthless. Why? Because God gives his sons and daughters rest. Rest. I'm not saying that business and career isn't 100% stress-free. I get it. God gets it. But he's talking about you being so rooted in depending on God that the stress doesn't take root in you so you're worried and stressed out in life. You can rest in him because he's going to take care of you. Amen? Amen? So God's okay with you building your house. But he wants to encourage us to help build his too because God loves people and he expresses his love through his people. So Barbara, I'm going to go back to you. What has been one of the most rewarding things that you have experienced through serving and leading for the Lord? Knowing and seeing the change in people's lives. Yeah. Your family, your friends, and, what, and just by living in front of them, what uh, I'm trying to say, by me living the life, you can see change. In people's lives, right? So it's very rewarding to be used of the Lord, right. to partner with Him, and to see His impact through your life 
touching and transforming and helping and serving people around us. Amen. Those are part of our eternal rewards. I promise there'll be people in heaven that will come up to you one day and say, hey, because of you, because of what you did, because of what you said, because of the example you live, and we'll all have those testimonies. We'll all be able to sit with one another and just remind each other that your life was an impact to my life, and part of the reason that I'm here is because of you. Amen? That's rewarding. Here's the last question I want to ask you, Barbara. Looking back, looking back over your life and and where you're at now, what advice would you give someone who struggles with the decision to make God and God's family a priority or a central place in their life? What advice would you give that person? I would say pray. Hold that microphone up there right there. Pray without ceasing. Make sure that's where you want to be. Because if you don't, you won't be a success. Yep. God will guide you in whatever you do, when, whatever you choose to do. Yeah. So it's important that you pray and you know you're planted where God wants you to be planted, right? And right? make sure, well, whatever decisions you make, ask him first. Yep. Ask him about the decisions you he make. he will guide you in what you do and say, and it will, I have to honestly, and I don't like to boast, but. 90%, I never, I never, I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but most of the time, because I let God lead me, I will succeed. Amen. That's so good. Would you just give her a warm round of applause? Thank you so much, Barbara. Let me help you up here. Come on. Come on up. You got it? Come on up. Well, listen, that was the first person uh, I wanted to have come up here with us. Okay, now I'm going to ask somebody here who wasn't even planned. I'm just kidding, completely kidding you. Would you just join me in giving my wife a warm round of applause? I plan to have to ever come up too. I thought my wife Yolanda would give us a different perspective, uh, another side of, of serving and leading. And, and, and let me tell you why. I, I think that some people, some people could think, have the assumption that, well, of course she has to serve. She's a pastor's wife. You know, pastor's wife serve. Pastor's wife give themselves to the Lord. Listen, uh, that's not automatic. Not automatic. It's a very first personal relational decision, regardless if she's a pastor's wife or not. Wouldn't you agree? (laughs) Do you agree with that? Right? So let me ask you, from a pastor's wife's perspective, that's on. Just hold it up and talk nice and loud. Okay. Say good morning, Tess. Good morning. All right. It's working. Is that true? Just because you're a pastor's wife, you automatically are going to serve with me. Why or why not? Tell us in your own words. <laughs> um, well, where do I start? It's not true. It's not true. For one, <laughs> and you know, it's not like I married a pastor, um, and I went to Bible college, and this was my, this is what I was purposing in my heart to do. Unlike Barbara, who gave herself to the Lord at a young age, I did not. Um, I didn't grow up in church, um, Catholic background, and. You know, did the main things that you're supposed to do and got saved as a young adult. Um, 
out of the Catholic Church, you know, um, but didn't get rooted, um, did the stuff, sang in choirs and helped with the kids and all that, but no root system uh, was developed within me at that time, so I ended up walking away from the Lord. Um, and just to remind everybody, I married a realtor. I was not a, not a pastor, you know, and, and, and I, was, I was in the business world. I was traveling in the fashion industry with aspirations to travel internationally. No plans of getting married whatsoever. Um, just being a businesswoman, I was buying my condo. Until she saw me. I'm <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So I was, I was far from thinking of ministry. You know, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So um, what are some of the ways, you mentioned briefly, but what are some of the ways that you've served over the years? You've served the Lord. Um, well, t- started out with, um, with kids, assisting with... Uh, Youth, um, guest services, um, selling the little tapes that were done, you know, for the service and having a little table back there and people that wanted to purchase, keeping track of those and labeling them and, you know, um, just all kinds of stuff, a lot. Um, events, um, just, just home visitations, um, hospital visitations, um, prayer. You were and, singing? And Singing in the choir way back then, you know, but yeah, worship, a lot of different ways. Right. So just because you're a pastor's wife, that doesn't automatically mean you're just going to be naturally inclined to want to serve and to follow God in serving him. This is a very personal choice, personal thing that the Lord has and continues to unlock in your heart, right? Right? So was there ever a time in your walk with the Lord when you felt reluctant to lead or to serve Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tell us about that. You know, like I mentioned earlier about being out there not serving the Lord and finding success somewhat in the world, you know, traveling and making big bucks for a young girl, you know. And, um, but yet, it was empty, and it was lonely. I mean, every six weeks getting up and traveling, it wasn't so fun and glamorous anymore. It was just work, you know, that's all it really was. And um, searching for the Lord again at that point in life and saying, you know, maybe I need to explore this a little bit more, you know, maybe I didn't really give God a chance, I don't know, is he real, is he not, that, that brought me back to the Lord. Um, I'm sorry, I got sidetracked with your so, okay, question. okay, were you reluctant to serve so, him? So, yes. And why? So in that, coming back to the Lord and just, you know, kind of wanting to know if he was real and if the word was real, I just had so many hesitations, you know, and, and um, reluctancies. To where, you know, we met, we, we met, but I was still on this inquisitive, wanting to know if God was real, really. And uh, so I started learning the word. We were in, in a four-square church, and they, they emphasized 
knowing and reading the Bible for yourself, that it was your roadmap to life. And I had never heard that before. So it was different this time around. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I just started, you know, from the beginning. Um, Genesis, all the way through. I said, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it as best as I can. And at that time, Pastor Gill said, Yolanda, in your quest to learn about God, write your questions down and ask and God will help you. Said, yeah, okay. let me pause. So Pastor, she mentioned Pastor Gill. Some of you don't know him. He's our senior leader. He's my boss. He's our senior pastor. He's on our TKK campus. Okay. So we've known him for 27 years. By the way, he started out as a janitor at the church that we got married in. Right. So just to kind of wrap it up to get to your question. Um, then we met and we got married and, you know, all that. So when our senior pastor at that time, Pastor Gil was the assistant then, called us into his office and said that he had been praying and invited us to be on the eldership team at church, Just so I was so reluctant because at first I thought he was going senile. Second of all, I thought... Why did you think that? Just because I said he doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't me. know my husband. He doesn't know. He doesn't know That's us. That's what she means. He doesn't know that you know I stepped away from the Lord and I have all these questions. He and doesn't I'm, know this guy yells all the time and he's all know, jacked up. I, I was just like he he doesn't he doesn't understand who he's asking. He's made a mistake. He made such a mistake, and I'll never forget um, Pastor Jerry Klaus. Uh, he shared with us and he said. The giftings and calling of God are irrevocable. And that just brought me to tears because I said, how could, how could God, okay, I'm not going to get emotional. How could God want, allow me back, let alone want me in ministry after having walked away? You know, it just, so the reluctancy was there heavily, whether it was guilt, whether it was just feeling like it's just so unworthy and like, how could I be in ministry? There's just no way. You know, this man is asking us to do something that I'm not capable of doing. He doesn't understand. So I, I, there was a real reluctancy there to yeah. be involved in, yeah. with ministry, yeah. let alone, you know, just wanting to even be in ministry. I, I just wanted to be back in church and learning. That, that, that was it. That was the only point. That's where yeah. I was at. We wouldn't change anything. God's plan has been perfect and beautiful for us. Yeah. I want to remind us of another verse. Some of you have heard it. Matthew 6, Jesus said, Seek the kingdom of God. Say these next three words with me. Above all else. Now, just pause and think about what Jesus is saying there. This is, this is part of his Sermon on the Mount. Right? He's addressing a bunch of people, people that have life, family, business, what have you. Above all else, seek the kingdom of God. The word kingdom means realm of rule and dominion on the earth. Seek the kingdom, seek God's rule and God's reign and God's will here on the earth. Above all else. That doesn't mean that you quit your job and, and you go to Bible college or you become a monk and you go to a monastery and you, you read your Bible all day. That doesn't, that's not what he means. 
He means don't, don't regulate your life on the earth to fitting God in where you can and when you can. Keep God in the middle above all else and then fit your life in when you can and where you can. If we'll do it that way, he will give you everything, everything, everything you need. That's a powerful promise. What do you need? Peace? Provision? Purpose? Hope? Restoration in a relationship? What do you need? That's included. Not just stuff. In the context, he's talking about your basic necessities. A roof, you know, provision for your kids and food, a job. Yeah, he, he, but far more than that, he wants something on the inside of us to be satisfied and fulfilled, whatever you need. He wants to give that to you. Can I, can I comment on that? Sure. Um, I think for me, in my searching for God, and in reading the scriptures, because the word of God is alive, right? It's powerful and it's a mirror. And it's going to show us who we are and who Jesus is and the um, tweaking, I guess we could say, for lack of a better word, that God does in us so that we become more like him, right? Um, in that process throughout the years, healing, restoration, confidence, assurance and reassurance of his um, giftings in me. And little by little, I started becoming a servant leader for him. So it's not like I started out that way. It's sure. like I needed all this other stuff, this stuff that was clouding me to dissipate, you know, through, through the power of God's word and him showing me. I love that song. Um, it just resonated with me this morning. It says, I am who you say I am. Amen. Well, I, I didn't know who I was because I didn't know what he said. Does that make sense? But as we learn what he says, then it's like, I am who you say I am. Therefore, yeah, I can do this. And I will do that. And Amen. I am able to do this. And, yeah. and serving God is like... Um, it's a, it's a byproduct, so to speak, of the internal, right, mm -hmm. healing and, and assurance that he's, he's given through his word, the work that he does, in other words, within yeah. us. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like backwards. Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of a servant, um, yeah. um, what, what do I want to say, Ser serving, serving him comes about that way. Yeah, amen. For me, anyways, you know, I, yeah. I would think for most of us, right, for a yeah. lot of us, yeah. God has been so gracious to us. Never, ever, ever would I have ever thought or planned that one day we would be having the privilege to do what we do. Yeah. Just a regular guy, didn't grow up in church. Um, a lot of, lot of ways I discounted myself. But God is so good at just taking a, a regular person and just using them for him. And while he's using them for him, he's working, 
He's doing a lot of tweaking, yeah. a lot of tweaking yeah. on me over the years, and he continues to do that. Babe, let me ask you this last question. Looking back over the 27 years that we've been serving together, um, what advice would you give someone who struggles with the decision to, to serve God in a greater way or to keep him more central in their life and serving him? Um, I would just say um, getting to know the Lord, I would start there. Kick up your pursuit in getting to know him through the scriptures. Amen. Because in that, that's where your confidence is going to come and your assurance and you're going to be reassured of his love. And that's where life really begins and stems from. Mm, um, knowing him. Yeah, knowing him and his word. Um, and one thing I just wanted to share really quick is that as I was praying, you know, about this, because he had mentioned to me that he was going to have me up here. And I was like, why me? I mean, there's, but I could see his point. He said, because you didn't, you know, necessarily start out as being a pastor's wife. And I'm like, yeah, no, we didn't, you know, it just evolved, so to speak, in God's, God's plan. Um, but something that the Lord showed me, it's like, you know, those kaleidoscopes, you look in them. And then you twist them and you see all these gorgeous designs and these sparkly things. It's kind of like that with our life, right? As we begin to serve the Lord and we learn who he is and who he's called us, who he says that we are, life is kind of like that kaleidoscope. And there's a lot of different moving parts and components to it. God begins to work on all of that, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's relational, doesn't matter what is in life, each one of us, personal, our personal life, that he would want to tweak or heal or bring illumination to or bring a different perspective about he's going to do it, you know, and we all have so much stuff, you know what I mean? I mean, not to say that it's all necessarily bad stuff or at all, you know, we all need healing or whatever, anything like that. But we have cavernous need just because we're human and we're frail and we're not perfect. And life happens, right? And um, God takes that. And he, it's just like that kaleidoscope. And he works on it all. And, he, and, it's, it's and he a process. beautifies it. He beautifies it. And it's a process, though. It's not quick. Yeah, yeah. It's not instantaneous. Yeah, um, we have to seek him for that. And over time, right? He does. Life amen. just gets better and better. Yeah. Thank you for that, honey. You're welcome. We have so many wonderful servant leaders at Lakeshore Christian Fellowship. We have a pretty high percentage of our family that has given their time and their talent and their treasure to serving God and to serving the family. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have such a good church. We're not a perfect church, but we're a good church. And so much of what happens, it happens because our church family said, I'm in and I want to help, right? Here's a closing big truth for the morning. Here it is. I'm going to put it on the screen. If I will work to build God's house, he will build my house. See, we're talking about learning to lead with this dependency on God. 
And there's a trust factor that's pulled into play when I say, I want to invest into God's family. Because when I do that, naturally speaking, I'm saying, well, I'm taking time. I'm taking substance. I'm taking something. I'm taking money. I'm taking treasure. I'm taking my talent. And I'm, and I'm taking them away from us, from me, and from my family. And I'm investing in somebody else and something else. And so there's a tension in my humanity yeah. with that. God is saying, wait a second, that's because you're looking at it from a natural perspective. But if you'll come up and you'll look at it from a supernatural perspective, you'll be convinced that if you'll work to build God's house, God will work to build yours. Yes. Amen. Absolutely. That's all I've got for today. Hope you were blessed by the word. Amen. Amen. Would you just bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you for strengthening us this morning, for reminding us about your love, about your faithfulness, about your heart for us as your people. Lord, I know that you know every single one of us intimately and personally. You know what we came in with. You know our struggles. You know our disappointments. You know our heartache. And so right now we turn our attention to you and we thank you for reminding us that you're a God who knows us intimately, and yet you still love us, and you welcome us into the family, and you want to encourage us, and you want to strengthen us, and you want to heal us, and you want to restore us. So we turn our hearts to you today, fresh and anew. And we ask that you go to work on us. You would heal, and you would restore, and you would mend, and you would do what only you can do, Lord God. And as you're doing that, we pray that you would help us to walk hand in hand with you so that we can step into the plan and the purpose, and the destiny that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people said, amen. amen. Would you give my wife, Yolanda, a warm round of applause? Thank you, honey. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe, and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.